Hey there, my name is Erin Deal, and I'm a half-Southern, half-Midwestern mama, some call this voice a nasal twang, who took $5,000 to build and scale a one-of-a-kind experiential organization that improves the lives of corporate professionals through personal development, humanity, and humor. Along the way, I've built client relationships with some of the most notable companies in the country, all while attracting a rock star team of experts and hilarious facilitators. Sounds pretty awesome, right? Well, what I didn't tell you is that my resume also includes a long list of comedy shows I bombed, improv teams I didn't make, companies who told me no, and many a heartache when it came to becoming a mother. I want to show you the real deal of the grit, creativity, and determination it takes to overcome your disappointments, embrace the suck, and design the career you could only dream about. I believe we all have our own unique gifts that we bring to the world, and it is our mistakes that help to unwrap them. Welcome to Failed It. Welcome to Failed It, the podcast that reminds you, you have to fail in order to improve. I'm Erin Deal, your host and the founder of Improve It. And today I am, I know I always say this, I am so excited. I mean, I really feel like the person you're about to experience, Field It Family, is a kindred spirit. (laughs) Welcome to the show, Natasha Hemingway. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me, Erin. Oh, my God. Well, I have so many questions for you. And I know you and I are new friends, fast friends, but I feel like it's going to take more than just this podcast for me to ask all my cues to you. So I know our failed it family is going to love hearing your story. So let me just start off by reading your bio, your highlight reel here, ma'am. So Natasha Hemingway is an entrepreneurial based sales coach and speaker and the creator of Heart Not Hustle, a coaching firm founded with an aim to help entrepreneurs find and focus on the deeper meaning behind their business motivation and sales message. Now, she helps entrepreneurs master their authentic sales process, achieve meaningful success, and maximize their sales wins by bringing the heart not the hustle. God, I have so many questions already. Okay. So (laughs) Natasha spent over 16 years as a successful sales professional with a Fortune 500 company and held a corporate role as a senior territory sales manager prior to the personal tragedy that led her on a life-altering path to redefine her own success and joy. After leaving the corporate world, she found a heart for entrepreneurs looking to garner their gifts and passions to create their own businesses. Now, her collegiate background, her unique career experience, and motivating empathy all play into the success of Heart Not Hustle. So clients and partners of Natasha's experience her warmth and toughness through her research-based methods and one-on-one tactics that help them grow as entrepreneurs, organizers, and leaders. Today, she continues speaking and coaching entrepreneurs by helping them focus on the heart of their business and not just the hustle. Again, Natasha, welcome to Failed It. Thank you so much, Erin. I love you. And thank you for the intro. I'm honored to be here. And I'm excited to talk about all the failures. But you guys don't call them failures, right? That's right. They are gifts. I I love you already. This is... ah. Okay. So 
I want to just share with the Failed It family too really quick how I found you. So I stumbled upon your classes with Skill Pop and Haley Bohan, who we had on the show is probably guest. She was our first guest, actually. So that's interesting. And then I saw your episode with Angie Lee, who was a guest that we just released recently too. And then I immediately started following you online and looked at all the things. And here we are. And I just think who you are is so special. I think the gift that you give to the world through your quote unquote gifts, aka fails, are so important. And Okay, we got to dive in. We got to dive in because I'm just going to keep dancing around how excited I am because I have so many questions. So let's start in the very beginning. You were in a corporate role for the first 16 years of your career. You were super successful. You were the senior territory manager at this Fortune 500 company. Is there anything, aka a gift or a failure that sticks out to you during your career in corporate? Oh, wow. <laughs> Dive in right in. Just no warm up. Right into it. You're like, let's go, right? Right. The failure, I would say for me, I feel like I've had tons of mini ones that have turned out to be gifts because I I believe that as we go through things and we evolve and we experience things, we're just collecting data, right? You're growing, you're evolving, you're transitioning. And whatever you're experiencing is just bringing you to your neck. So I would say one of the big failures for me was the first time that I was going for senior territory sales manager, that promotion. Uh, Mind you also, I've only worked for two Fortune 500 companies, eight years at one, eight years at the other. And the first time that I went for this um, promotion, it takes two years of you being at 100% or better quota for eight quarters total. So two years, you can never drop below 100%. So you have to be at 100% every single quarter. So all eight quarters for two years. And at the time too, I would have been the only African-American female to actually get that promotion at the time. Mm-hmm. So the first time around being in so far and then hitting like a, hitting a quota or having a quota that came out for that quarter at being at like 98%. So when you drop below 100%, you start all the way back over. Stop. Oh, God. Okay. Like it has to be consecutive. So quarter after quarter after quarter with no gaps. And so being so far in and then hitting that 98% and feeling like, oh, my gosh. And now I'm hitting the restart button all over again. Mm. That would be, I think, that first what felt like a failure. But however, it was timing was everything because... Within that time, um, I was pregnant and trying to go after this promotion, and we ended up losing our first full term son. And oh so, oh my gosh, um, so I gotta take a minute right there. That gives me chills. I'm like, oh, I yeah. have a 15 month old. I know you have a little, I know you now have a son I've seen on social media, but yes, oh my god. Okay, keep going. We, I want to come back to that. Keep going. Yeah, so at the time, like, I I would not have been able to be in that high stress. If anybody's been in sales and especially medical device sales in that world, it is a lot of hustle. It's a lot of pressure. It's high. It's intense. It's fast. It's never any downtime. And I would not have been able to be in the right space to keep going for that anyway, because I needed to take a step back and actually take care of me, like just handle that. So what felt like a failure, the timing was actually just as it should be, because then later on that ended up happening. So I wasn't able to really be present for that type of run for that promotion that long anyway. 
Man. Okay. So as a, as a mother myself, and I know a lot of women listening to this are parents and I'm a fertility warrior myself here. So, oh my God, I can't even imagine what that felt like. And I'm, I'm like an empath right now, just sitting here with tears in my eyes. Like, ah! it, it hits me too. Ah. So I, yeah. Ah. So is that, was the stress and just the anxiety of that role sort of what made you leave corporate and take the leap to start HeartNet Hustle? Or what? can you give us some insight into that? Oh, man, that's actually a good question because losing my son, my first son, full term like that, it changed my entire life. It changed my life. It changed my perspective. It changed the chase for me. Like, what am I chasing after? What's my purpose? What am I called to do? What is my next? Because I knew that wasn't it. But at that time when that happened, it was, I, 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 in my spirit, it dropped. Like, I know I'm made for more. I know I'm called for greater, but like the problem was, I just didn't know what that was. And so me and my husband had talked about it. And I remember him trying to reverse engineer me in the airport. We were on our way back. Um, from vacation, after lost, losing our son, we went back to the same place that we go to every year and coming back from that being in the airport. And I told him that and I was like, this isn't it anymore, but I don't know what it is. And I remember him trying to reverse engineer me into like what that thing is. And I was like, I don't know. I just love people. And he was like, that's not a business, my love. That's not a business. <laughs> no, oh, but it is. That's right. what keep going. Right, Aaron, you get it. So at the time, it literally shifted and changed and impacted everything. And I knew that was not the space for me anymore. But because I didn't know what it was, I had to go back and just keep doing the thing. And then I hit the reset button and started going after that promotion again. And I ended up getting the promotion, right? I ended up getting the promotion two years later. And while getting that promotion, I had had that that thing drop in my spirit saying that, And for two years, it was just kind of sitting there and would like tap me on the shoulder or it would like push me in the back. And I would be like, I just, I don't know. Right. So um, I started one step I did take was just putting myself around other. I went and joined this network networking group. I'll never forget. And it was female entrepreneurs. And I remember joining it and I'm like, I would show up in my scrubs with my pager on all this stuff. And I was like, I did not know. I didn't have a business. I didn't know what my business was, but I just knew I needed to be around other women that were doing it so that I could be in their space. Yeah. And just to open myself up to saying, okay, yes, I know I'm moving towards something. I just don't have it figured up, figured out yet. So I would show up and literally still my corporate job, not knowing what my next step was. But yeah, that passing changed everything, which led me to that, that voice of, I know I'm made for more. I know I'm called for greater, but I don't know what it is. And then I would just keep showing up, keep showing up. And then uh, finally I got pushed out of my comfort zone and out of that um, nice uh, cush job, which then brought me to here. So it, it has been a journey for sure. Mm, okay. Now, I love this because I think now you are, you know, obviously super successful. And I think that what you're doing has so much heart and passion behind it. And you can hear it when you talk. I hear you've, you can kind of even hear even right now, this is a beautiful thing about just audio. When I hear you talk about 
that space that you were in in corporate and the stress, there's a level of your voice. And then when you change to talk about heart, not hustle, that you're, you inflect more, which is just, you, you can tell there's heart in heart, not hustle. And that's just so cool to see. And it shows how much passion can fuel your life and your livelihood and what success means to you. So let me ask you this. Did that transition really help define what being successful means to you? And then what does success mean to you today? Oh, wow. (laughs) Absolutely. It absolutely changed what success looked like because in that transition of being pushed out of that, you know, being the only African-American senior territory sales manager at the time to have that and then being pushed out of my job, you know, what, six months later or whatever, that changed everything which brought me to my next step. And then that wasn't the next step, wasn't the end of all be all success. It brought me to my next step. But at that change, when I pivoted, uh, when it was losing my son and getting pushed out of that job, it redefined. And that's what I mean in my bio um, when I talk about helping other entrepreneurs achieve meaningful success. Literally what that means to me is, And it's the journey that I had to actually discover what that meant to. But meaningful success is a word that literally, again, I put together. And what it means, the definition is creating and cultivating what matters to you most and brings you purpose and joy. Not the thing you should be doing, not the thing that makes you a lot of money, but you're miserable. Not the thing that, oh, you got a degree in and you feel obligated to do it and I should stay here, but I don't want to. But like, What is that thing that it's creating and cultivating what matters to you most and brings you purpose and joy? Because when you land right there, that is the beginning of heart and letting go of the hustle. And then obviously you got to put a strategy to it, right? A sales process, a sales strategy. That's where the heart not hustle clicks in and it's, it makes selling so much easier. And so absolutely it changed how I saw success and losing that that beautiful status and, you know, all the money that came with it, it changed everything. Oh, okay. So you kind of, you kind of answered the next question I have for you, but I'm always curious because I love the name Heart Not Hustle. It's so catchy. It's, you can tell exactly from the name, exactly what you do. You can feel the passion. Where were you and how did you come up with that name? I know the meaning behind it, but where were you? And, and when you heard that title together, How did that click? Yeah. Okay. So when I first started out, like when I took leaps, just to bring you full to the circle, right, is I went from being pushed out of that corporate job, multiple six figures, uncapped bonuses, the whole nine yards. Then I was like, okay, I know that this is my next step. I cannot go back to that, right? Like everything in my body would not even let me go back to it. And so I take that first leap and I take a first leap of, being a health coach, studying for my IIN health certification, all this stuff, realizing nine months in, we said we'd give it a year. That wasn't it, right? Then I sat in what I call my surrender season, sat in surrender, sat, got still, got quiet, waited patiently. Then my next step became into getting into a speaking coaching program that I had applied for. And it was a nine month speaker coaching program. Then the next step led me to becoming a meaningful success coach, which was bringing people through the journey I went through, teaching them how to go from career to calling. And then at that point, people would ask me, okay, great, Tasha, I know your background. Now, how do I sell it? And I'd be like, I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. 
And then it was a friend um, who spoke into me. She was like, why are you not serving entrepreneurs, women, men, and the way that they're calling you to and that you are actually gifted at doing? She was like, what is that? That's a matter of your heart. You need to check that. And I had to go back and deal with that, right? Like having something taken away from you that you feel like, even if it wasn't taken away in like a bad way, it wasn't a bad light, but it was taken away. It still felt like a death, you know, something I loved. Having that taken away and then stepping fully into full-on sales coaching um, because I kept getting asked and asked and asked. And then I checked my heart and where I was at that point was talking to my branding and marketing manager. And we were talking about making this big shift because everything, Aaron, everything on my website, speaking keynotes, all this stuff was geared towards meaningful success, not sales. And mm. so I knew in my heart though, that it was the next step and the final step. I knew it was, and I could either ignore it or step fully into it, which that's a lot of work. And so yeah. to everything in your brand, your message, your offerings, your packaging, your keynote, all that. And I remember saying to her, she said, so what is it? What, what is this? What do you want this to be? And I said, I want people to know, I want to teach people, lead them, guide them, coach them on how to sell with heart, not hustle. I want them to know that all these people who are afraid of sales or who don't like it or are feeling like it's pushy, manipulative, it's icky, all these things. I want to bust that myth and tell people that it's not about hustling people. It's actually about the heart behind it. Like you have a heart to serve, bring value, pour into, show up and happily get paid and make sales by doing it. And she goes, that's it. Heart, not hustle. Oh my God. I literally got chills. I'm not even joking. I've cried. I have chills in this <laughs> podcast right now. Natasha, I'm not kidding. I'm not just saying that. I really did. That is beautiful. And I think, oh my God, what a freaking journey to go back and change all of that. I couldn't oh, even, yeah. I, I mean, that really shows you had the heart to change this. This is so, you're so passionate about it. And I want to stay on what you just said about if you feel like sales is icky and, uh, cause I'll say this, my team specifically, they are the greatest gifts that I could have ever been given in this world. However, I am the only one with a sales background. Everyone else just believes in what we do. Wow. And they, yeah. And Aaron, that part. Yeah. And that's, you know, we've really, so my, my team's been with me for a while. So like four years, three years. And so we've had a lot of conversations about overcoming that ick factor when it comes to sales, because no one, I'll say this, Jenna, who is our client experience manager, majority of her role is outreach and sales. And she never in a million years, she classifies herself as an introvert, would have never imagined being in a sales capacity. However, she is so good at it because she listens, she's thoughtful, she researches, and she cares and believes in what we do. And that is exactly, I think, the mindset. It took us a while to get there. Let me just say that was not overnight. It took actually a couple of years for us to kind of fine tune that. But it's that gift that you're giving entrepreneurs, because coming from an entrepreneurial space too, I hated selling myself. I felt like for a while before I had a team, I was just selling me as the product and it feels gross. It feels icky, but I believed in it so, so much that I think that's sort of what trickled down to building a team and then our clients started to see. But I I can imagine, so if somebody is listening right now and they, you know, don't feel like they're a salesperson, 
what's something you would say to them to help them sort of flip that switch in their brain? Oh, yeah. The biggest thing that I tell people is think of sales as service. You are serving people. You're meeting their need. You're solving their problem. And so you're serving them. And the minute you get out of the way and stop thinking that it's this big, you know, convoluted, overwhelming, scripted process, and you actually take the time to genuinely connect with people, it's a connection. It's connection, it's relationship, it's communication, it's energy. And most importantly, it's you serving the person that's in front of you or the people that are in front of you. You are there to serve them. So by you selling and sharing what you're offering and you finding out what their issues are, their problems are, their needs are, then you can actually serve them and deliver on that solution for them. Mm. I love that. I love that. It's almost as if, and I like to think of it as sales is like, you're the therapist to listen to their problems and then solve it, right? Like, yeah. I I love that because that's what every, every sales conversation I used to do, or my early days was a show up and throw up. I'm going to be real. I was showing up and throwing up. Mm. And then I stepped back and we did some internal training and just sort of listened to what was working and figured out for us, what do we really do? And so I think when you can flip that switch to being a problem solver or a solutions oriented approach, I can't even imagine the difference. Well, I can't imagine I experienced it, the difference that it makes in conversations and building that trust and connection. Exactly what you said. I love this, Natasha. The world needs you. The world needs you. Hey, Failed It fam, are you a leader for a small or large team that's stuck working from home? Are you missing the in-office happy hours or training sessions that allow people to interact and get to know each other? Are you sick of staring at a spreadsheet and you want something that will not only enhance team morale, but also build soft skills? Then Improve It has your back. We've pivoted all 11 of our in-person soft skill training workshops to this virtual environment. Using Zoom, we'll create a memorable hour and a half experience that can train your team on things like effective communication, leadership, thinking quickly on your feet, presentation skills, and networking all in this virtual environment. Leading a team of interns, let us wow them with our Career 101 workshop. Leading a sales team who's figuring out how to cold call or even warm call in this virtual world, have our team of improv professionals facilitate our sales training workshop. If this is the spice that your team needs to get out of this work from home rut, email us at info at learn to improve it.com. Again, that's info at learn to improve it.com. And that's T-O improve it.com. Or you can head to our website, learn to improve it.com to learn more. We would love to help you improve your it virtually, whatever your it might be. Okay, I'm going to take a step back. I'm going to, we got one space. I want to go back to something we talked about earlier, which was that, because I will say this, a lot of the failed at family listening is in corporate right now. You know, we do have some people in the entrepreneurial space and we also do comedy. So we have some people listening who like the funny bone, you know? Um, But I think a lot of people, especially today in this virtual space, even though it sounds 
ironic to say that they feel more burnt out than ever because they're not commuting as much or they're working from home more. I think we're experiencing that at a different level because we can't separate work and home as much. And and a lot of people like our clients mostly are working from home. I have, you know, some people who are back in the office hybrid of the two, but nobody really full time unless they're in a central business. So if somebody is out there listening today and they are feeling that burnout that you mentioned you felt in, in your corporate days, what would be a piece of advice that you would give them? I think it's it's checking your heart and making sure that where you are is actually where you desire to be. Yeah. A lot of times in corporate, people are in positions that they don't desire to be in or someone has identified them and said, hey, you'd be good at this. You should. And then so we sometimes don't listen to ourselves and be like, is this what I really desire? And am I the best person to serve in this role? Right. Mm -hmm. So what we see a lot of times in sales right? We used to see this a lot in the corporate world and sales is that you can have a great, a person that's like this great salesperson, sales rep, but then, oh, they're like a great performer. Let's make them a manager. But that's not really their skill set. They're not a people leader. Mm. Right? It's not anywhere they want to be. So they just kind of go. And then you end up having people that are in burned out positions that are not really capable of serving the people that are under them and that they're trying to lead. That's just an example. But it's just I think taking the time to check with where you are and say, is this where I want to be, right? Is this the best position? Am I able to serve here where I am? I think from one standpoint, because I think that goes back to sales, right? Like it's hard for you to sell something you don't believe in. Yeah. So the the first order of business, if you're getting burned out, is asking yourself, do I still want to be in this position? Can I still serve best in this position or at this company? Because you can change, you can move and it benefits both, right? But I also think in COVID, right, right now with the burnout is it's, you know, setting your mindset, right? Like we all get choices. I'm big on mindset and talking about the subconscious, the conscious mind, fear. Like I love talking about that kind of stuff. And it's like, we all get to choose too. So if you're burned out, like, again, check in with yourself. How can you shift your mindset? How can you be the best? How can you bring your best? And if you can't, again, go back to, should I really be here anymore? Mm. Because I'm telling you, like you in corporate, whether you're on a sales team or not, everybody's always selling. You're selling yourself, your brand, your ideas that you bring to a team. Like you're always doing that. But if you don't have a heart for that or you're burned out, it's going to be hard for you to really fully show up and bring your best that that company deserves that that position deserves, that whoever's under you, that you're serving, that they deserve. So I think it really goes, it, it goes back to that. Oh, Natasha, I love that. And that scenario you talked about in the upfront, how that person who's, you know, hitting their goals and metrics and is a rock star has turned into a leadership role. And then they're not really a leader. Because, and so everybody gets dragged. That is a story for the ages. I feel like I was living it because I lived it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that is, Man, so true. And I think that's such a good, a good, what I heard you say there, and I've heard you say several times is the word service and serve. And I think, man, that is a powerful word. And I think, let me ask you this, when you were kind of coming out of corporate, when you were in that space, did you use the word serve as much as you think that you think you use it now? Or is that something that sort of 
you've transformed as you've grown into this entrepreneurial space? Oh, 1000% has transformed since I've been in this entrepreneurial space. It's in, in corporate, it's so easy. And I, I came out of college straight into sales, like straight into the medical field of sales. And it's you, it is a hustle. It is a grind. And it's when you're taught that you can get in a rhythm of that. But however, I wouldn't, maybe I wasn't using the word service so much, but just the way that I'm naturally wired. I care about people, right? And so positions that I called on, I called on them for 16 years. Same disease state, just two different products, two different companies, but for 16 years. So relationships, communication, that's everything to me. And so I might not have said serving, but in my mind, that's the way I show up. That's it. Oh, I love it. It's not about my quota. It's not about my money, but it's being in service to this patient being in service to their family, the disease state they're dealing with, making time for them to cry or talk or what, like literally having a heart and caring. And I believe that's what carried me so far. And that's why I still have relationships with those physicians or they're in my phone or the nurses that are there. Like, because whether I said the word service or not, that's the way that I show up is that I have the opportunity to put my product in front of their patients. They are giving me that opportunity and never take that for granted, right? And treat it with respect and come from a place of bringing value and serving those people that are in front of you because they don't have to be in front of you. They could give that opportunity to someone else. So I might not have used the word, but I think it's always to my core how I've operated. Um, And then now it's something that I talk about even more in this entrepreneurial space because there are so many entrepreneurs and there's so many people that do what you do probably, right? But how do you do it different? How do you show up different? Listen, this is another thing. You can be passionate all you want, but that doesn't mean you're going to be profitable. So Mm. trust me, heart not hustle is not just about feeling good and serving people and just loving things or loving your business, but you also have to be strategic. You need a sales process. You need to have a sales strategy. So it's the both. Mm, I love that. Your passion may not be profitable. That piece is real interesting. Yeah. You can't just sell passion. You need to have a sales process. You need to have a sales strategy, right? Like you need to be profitable. Passion doesn't equal profit. So, you know, there's got to be strategy there. You got to know how to sell. That is it. Okay. I'm so fascinated by the work that you do. I think it's so helpful, especially being an entrepreneur. I think it's so helpful to have somebody like you in, in the orbit, essentially, in the universe. So we can latch on to that because I do think, you know, even coming out of COVID, a lot of people are reassessing this as almost like the year of the pause. And what do I really want out of life? And a lot of people, I read somewhere, it said that there's going to be so many new businesses that come out of this year. And so Entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur, I should say, is exciting. It's definitely a roller coaster, but I think there has to be a strategy in place in order to be profitable. And that is exactly what you do. So if there are any entrepreneurs out there listening, Natasha is your gal. I think you have made this happen. I mean, it's just fascinating to see the trajectory of your career and how you've put it into motion in your own, in your life, and how you've made it something that is not only your passion, but is profitable by helping other people be profitable by selling with their hearts. So let me ask you this. You've shared high level, your failures that you had throughout your corporate career. 
this story that you, this life experience with your newborn son, and then just, you know, where you are now. And, and I think what I, what I want to know is, as you know, we don't call them fails. We call them gifts. And that comes from the improv stage. So there are no mistakes on stage. They're only gifts. Anything that gets, it happens on stage is essentially becomes a part of the scene. And we don't look at it as a fail. We say, okay, this is now a part of the scene, which is the whole part of this podcast or the whole purpose behind this podcast is to really recognize those gifts. And you've had so many amazing experiences that you know, you could have stayed down for a while. That story of your son, I'm not going to lie to you. When I read it in your bio, and I didn't read that part in this bio, but when I read it in your bio, I, my eyes welled up. I mean, it's, it's a story that, you know, you could stay down and you could let that be your story. But instead of that being your story, you have really just used that to propel you forward. So, if somebody here is listening today and they are like, wow, Natasha has been through some poop, you know, she has gone through the ringer. What would you say are three action items someone listening from the failed at family could take based on learning from your, your gifts, not your fails? Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I would say one, one of my biggest lessons is surrender. Like, mm. Surrender, surrender the perfection, surrender the failure, surrender um, thinking that you're not where you're supposed to be, or you're not making as much money as you should, or you're not arrived, you haven't succeeded, like surrender that. Like, and that second thing is so that you can say yes, just say yes. I remember in that transition for me from that corporate job that brought me so much success, so much joy, all those things and making that transition, taking the biggest leap, right? Of faith, of trying something and going after something and realizing, oh, this was a stepping stone. It was just a a stopping point, a lesson for me to learn. One of the books that I listened to at the top of that year was, and it was like two months into my entrepreneurial journey at the very beginning of that, like second month was the year of yes by Mm -hmm. Shop Rhymes. And it's like, I learned to just say yes, because I am a type A perfectionist. I can be that. I'm a, excuse me, I'm a recovering type A perfectionist. <laughs> I'm always in recovery. And so I can tend to want to get it right, you know, really bring my best and show up, you know, but also too, that sometimes will keep you in action, like, like not being in action, it'll keep you stuck. And so I had to learn very quickly to just say yes, Right. Because every time we take a step forward and we say yes, it's just an opportunity to collect data and to do it again and, and make it stronger, make it better. And and how can you get to where you say you desire if you're not even willing to say yes to the first step, the third step, the fifth step, whatever? So I would say surrender, <laughs> all of the mess. <laughs> and then I would say to say yes. And three, what I, I think one of the biggest things is like just having faith that you can, whatever it is that you desire. One of the biggest issues where people don't go after the things that they want or they dream of or their visions is they don't have the faith to simply believe that they can. They don't have the simple faith to believe that they can. Like what would happen if I did? Like, wow, let me explore that. Let me go do that. Let me just take this step and actually believe that I can do that. I might not have it figured out right now. I might not know my next steps. I might not have all the resources, but I'm capable. 
I'm capable. I can. And I'm willing to bet on myself and like, just take the chance of doing it. Right. And just moving in that direction. Girl, this is amazing. Okay. And you know, what's so interesting as you were saying all three of these, I'm like nodding. Yes. Yes. So they all relate to being on stage as an improviser, if I'm being honest. So number one, surrender. I freaking love because you get up on stage in front of an audience of people and you are literally surrendering. You are like, I've got 30 minutes. I have no clue what I'm about to do up here. I'm surrendering to this process. And then that book, The Year of Yes, is one of my favorite books. I literally just pulled it off my shelf the other day and flipped it open. I love that. The hum. If you, we're going to link to that in the show notes. If you haven't read The Year of Yes by Shonda Rhimes. Oh my God, Natasha, thank you for that. Because that hum is, is what I find myself yearning for. And I can get to that hum, you know, where she, and the hum is like where she's in her rhythm and she writes all these amazing shows like Grey's Anatomy and she's got Shondaland and all these things. But that hum is so important. And I think that's, you know, on, from an improviser's perspective, just say yes is our whole life's mantra is that world of yes and, and literally postponing that judgment and going for it. And I think that, man, that is so cool. And then have the faith that you can do it is just a, another big piece of the improv stage is like, we will, all, somebody will always have your back, but you will always have your own back. And I think that you, oh, this is wonderful. I think that these gifts are what you were, you were meant to have had these gifts and then meant to share them with the world. And we are going to put, I'm going to put these three action items in the show notes because I think people need a little reminder talking for a friend, a.k.a. me. Oh, okay. So let me ask you this. We're going to go deep. Yes. After you've learned from these gifts, you know, the name of my company is Improve It. And we always say improve your it, whatever your it may be. So essentially it's whatever your it is, if your it is you know, you want to be better at presenting. If your it is, you want to become a life coach. If your it is, you want to be the best person you could at sales. It's sort of your life's purpose. So what would you say your it is? Oh man, my it is to give life to people's dreams, goals, visions by especially entrepreneurs and even corporations as I speak in small corporations or do workshops is giving life to them being able to sell. I mean, it like, it's the gateway. Like my purpose is like speaking life into people. That's why I love speaking, whether it be about fear or about sales, but it's like my life's purpose is to serve by literally teaching people how to do it with heart, not hustle. doesn't matter if it's your product or your service or you as your brand, like this is where I'm supposed to be. It is what I'm called to do. It is why I love what I get to do. So I would say that that is my purpose is right, right where I am right now, serving people through sales coaching and speaking, because when you unlock them and because it's not just about the strategy, right? It's not, it's not just about the strategy and the process. It's also equally just as important about the mindset. And so breaking people through that, and then when they get a strategy and a process that's customized to them, that feels authentic to them, then they are sured up and it's like the sky's the limit. Sales becomes so easy, so easy. And so to see people do that and then break through and excel 
and make money, which this gives them just, it's an amplifier. It gives them access to do things or dream or travel or provide or it's an honor that I get to do it with people and with companies and corporations and small businesses. It's, it's my it. It is my it. I love it. I love it. I love your it. I can't, I can see that in everything you do. Everything you put out to the world just radiates that. And I'm so glad we met. So this won't be the last time, Natasha. This is like the beginning of a lot of things for you and I. Okay. I love it. Oh, Okay, so what did you fail at today? It's about 1.45 Central, 2.45 Eastern on a Wednesday. What did you fail at today? <laughs> That's awesome. What did I fail at today? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I was going in to speak. I was speaking to this group online. And the first fail was, oh, I just pulled up the wrong PowerPoint. Like I had two PowerPoints <laughs> out and I'm like, oh, we're going to, no, we're actually not speaking on this today. We're speaking on this. Hold, please. Just uh, it is, right? But I'm like, is that really a fail? No, it's just me being human. That's it. And I feel like grace is like 2020. The word is grace. You got to give grace. I love that though. Because it's, oh you know. Say that all the time. Give yourself space and grace. Yes. All the time. All the time. I love that. Okay. Well, we've come to the final question, which is actually a round. Okay. And I call it the failure lightning round. Okay, Natasha. So here's here's how this goes. There's a little improv, a little thinking quickly on your feet. Oh, not, really, not a lot of improv. Just literally the first word that comes to mind. I'm going to ask you a question. And so you can only respond with a one word answer. Oh, and if you say more than one word, I'm going to say, Oh yeah, like that in a weird, weird voice, like a carny at a carnival. Okay, I'm gonna be like, Pharaoh, yeah. Okay. Uh, all right. So are you ready for the fail yeah lightning round, Natasha? Oh Lordy, I'm ready. I'm like my palms are sweating. <laughs> you can do it. Yeah. Okay. Remember one word. Yes. Yes, yes, that's our rule. That's our number two. That's our action item. Okay, here we go. Yes. One word to describe your early career. Adventurous. Ooh, okay. One word to describe where you're currently at in your career. Joy. One word to describe your future self. Abundant. One word to describe your favorite boss. Caring. One word to describe your least favorite boss. Controlling. One word to describe your coaching style. Heart. One word to describe your fashion style. Clueless. (laughs) We got to come back to that in a minute. And one word to describe this interview. Amazing. Yes, Natasha. You nailed it. You didn't fail it. You nailed it. Wait, is Clueless, is Clueless like the show, the movie Clueless? Or is it like Clueless? Clueless. However, (laughs) that was, I I used to love that movie. Hilarious. Clueless, like people, it's so funny because people go to my Instagram or people that see me or like in my stories, they're always like, you're always so passionate. Where'd you get that? I'm like, um, I'm actually not. I'm just so basic. Okay. <laughs> basic. But I also know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And so when I'm not good at something, I know how to get help. That's it. Oh my God. I love it. Well, you are, I look, which by the way, I saw something on your Instagram. I meant to comment on, you have polka dot wallpaper in your office. Yes. 
Okay, I did not know this, but I saw it when I was perusing it to research this interview. I just put up some peel and stick uh, polka dot wallpaper. Actually, my husband did. I call him metrosexual Chip Gaines, but he <laughs> he's he wears hair gel. Okay, not a tool belt, and wait, he is. I'm not mad about. But I love your wallpaper. I was like, yes, I, you are very stylish. So I, I love, I, I, I go check out her Instagram, Failed It Fam. You will see she is styling and profiling and whoever's helping out back there, they, are, they have some style. Okay. Because you're showing up real cute. Thank you. So, oh, you're welcome. All right. Well, now tell everyone where they can find you, Natasha, and all the things. Yes. All the things. You can find me at Natasha Hemingway with two M's because people love to put one M. No, it's two M's. Natasha Hemingway. My website is natashahemingway.com. My Instagram is Natasha Hemingway. <laughs> my Facebook is Natasha Hemingway. YouTube, Natasha. It's everywhere is Natasha Hemingway. And I hang out most on Instagram. That's where I am the most of the time. And then obviously my website is, we're constantly always putting out content and newsletter vlogs and stuff like that. So yeah, that's it. You find me there. Check it out. And we'll link to all that in the show notes. Natasha, I want to thank you for bringing your energy, your heart, and the gifts of your hustle to Failed It today. And the world truly has so much to learn from you. We are so thrilled you shared your story with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Erin. Oh, my God. And to the Failed It family, fail yeah, Failed It fam. Fail yeah. Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to Failed It. I'm so happy you're along for the ride. And if you enjoyed today's show, head on over to iTunes to rate and subscribe so you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every Wednesday. I'll see you next week, but want to leave you with this thought. What will you fail at today and how will that help your future successful self? Think about it. I'm proud of you and you are totally failing it. See you next time.